It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robison. Good morning, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you on this Friday before Christmas. I hope you all have done your Christmas shopping, got your food for next week. I can tell you I have actually done none of that. (laughs) I haven't even bought any Christmas presents, but I'm not really doing presents this year. It's mostly just spending some time with friends and family and enjoying the season kind of that way this year. So I'm not really doing presents. So if you are heading to the mall, good luck to you. I will stay away from that area completely for the rest of the weekend not go anywhere near it because, well, just because. (laughs) I have a great show for you today. Thank you all for joining me on this one year anniversary month. It has been a fantastic year. We're going to do a little bit of reflection today in one of our segments. So today I'm talking about how to identify if you have superwoman syndrome, why reflection is the greatest catalyst to change, and how to increase your joy during the holidays. So I'm so glad to be with you as always live from the ACU of Texas studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm Amy, your host, nutritionist, and Chief Burnout Slayer, and on today's Thrive in 5, why you need to be the one who cares more. Here's Amy with this week's Thrive in 5. Okay, so this segment comes from an article I read, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. A friend of mine had sent me like a little excerpt from it, just like a little clip, and I was like, man, that's such a an interesting thing to think about because we do kind of for some reason, we have this idea that it's not, it's cool to not care. <laughs> I know that sounds really strange, but we do. It's its kind of cool to be aloof. It's cool to not really engage, you know, to be kind of the one, you know, uh, yeah, I know y'all can't see me, but kind of sitting on the side, you know, resting your, you know, head on your, on your hand and just kind of being the cool one in the corner. So we have this idea that it's cool to not care as much as some other people. And I want to definitely challenge that idea. Um, I know part of that is if we put ourselves out there, you know, we're like maybe making a friend or building a business or something along those lines. Um, We put ourselves out there and rejection comes our way. The the first thing we want to do is kind of shut ourselves down and pull back from that. And so my challenge to you is to love even harder and to care even more. So this article that I read, it was in Thought Catalog. So you can go to thoughtcatalog.com. You can actually just look up the title of the article if you want to read the whole thing. I'm going to pull some excerpts and kind of talk about it. Um, But it's called um, Just Be the One Who Cares More. And this is by Heidi Preeb. And I just think it's a fantastic article and something to kind of think about as you go into 2019. You know, we're going to be doing some reflection exercises later, but kind of reflect on who you have been and how much care you have put into yourself, number one, into um, your family, into your friendships, into whatever it is that you are passionate about. And how much are you really caring? Are you holding yourself back because you're worried about putting yourself out there and what could what might come back to you? Or are you, you know, are you are you one of those people that you're when you're in, you're just all in and you're gonna jump in and even if it doesn't work out, that's okay, you're gonna move on to the next thing. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. 
I'll kind of be that person who I will just I will jump in and just kind of lay it all out there for you as far as who I am and what I'm thinking. And, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But so the kind of the premises of her article is that somebody always has to care more. So when it's in like a friendship, there might be points where one person cares a bit more than the other or, you know, in a, um, a marriage or a relationship, someone has to care a bit more or the other. You know, she was kind of saying, you know, if no one ever did, if no one cared just that tiny bit more, then no one would ever, you know, get asked out, no one would ever get proposed to, or no one would ever get counseled back from the brink of divorce, which I think is very true. You have to just care that little bit extra, or even from like a business standpoint, if you don't care enough, maybe nobody starts that new business, or you don't hire new people, or you don't see how to grow and change, you know, what you're doing. So you have to just care a tiny bit more. And another thing she talks about is you're always going to be in a situation where, you know, maybe you love someone who just kind of likes you or, um, or you just kind of like someone and someone else is crazy about you. I think we've all been on both sides of that. Um, and once we kind of feel what's coming from the other person and it doesn't match up, then we kind of almost feel like we have to justify our entire existence to somebody else. And, and I want to challenge that idea too, that no, because we want, we want that feeling to come from ourselves. We want to kind of build that within ourselves instead of finding it with somebody else. So one of my favorite lines in this article is the last thing this world needs is one more indifferent person. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So Again, going back to, you know, we think it's kind of cool to not really care, you know, or the, you know, she says the one who cares less, you know, is the, you know, feels cool and feels suave, um, but never really anything more than that. And it really can't even begin to compare to the excitement of, you know, making a new friend or starting a new relationship or heck, starting a new business. It can't compare to that, but you have to care a bit more. You can't be cool and aloof and on the sidelines in order to do that. It just doesn't work that way. So it's like just, she says, you know, just be the freaking person who cares more. You know, the person who tries harder and, you know, in whatever it is that you're doing, who loves stronger, who just cares more what she says is of course gives more of a shit than half the and then all the half alive people who surround them you know be the person who answers your messages show up for your commitments and don't leave people guessing as to what your intentions are and what and you know how you want to interact with them and or how you want to build your business and what it is that your business is surrounding I can tell you right now I'm having a bit of a struggle with that because I'm swapping I'm kind of building into a different phase of my business so it feels really vague right now and it's really hard for me to convey exactly what it is that I'm, you know, doing moving forward. So, you know, the last thing we need is another indifferent person. And I'd abs- again, I absolutely love that line. So she's kind of talking here about if you're the only one left with passion, then use it, use the hell out of it. Um, I think we kind of can get stuck in not doing that again. And that's because it's, it's hard to put yourself out there. If you have all of this stuff inside of you that you want to put out um, and you do, you absolutely open yourself up to being criticized. You open yourself up to people thinking that you're nuts. Um, You open yourself up to people, you know, thinking that maybe you're insincere or, um, you know, something along those lines. I can tell you, I've certainly dealt with that over the past, even just the past few months of putting some things out there that were different than what I had been doing before. And 
And it's because I care and it's because, you know, I know that things that I have to say are going to resonate with certain people and that they need to hear it. And by it resonating with certain people, it can actually be the catalyst for change in their lives. So it's really important when you have passion about something to put it out there again, whether it's in business or um, in a relationship or with yourself, I think number one, you know, you should have some passion about the person that you are. That might be, that might seem a little strange and that's actually an interesting thing to think about, but you need to have some passion for the person that you are and you want to use the hell out of it. You know, as she says, at the end of your life, go out with a bruised up, worn out heart that gave too much, loved too strongly and felt too fiercely. Go out with the certainty that you gave it everything you had and you didn't hold anything back. And I also love how she talks about saying, go out empty handed when it comes to should haves and might have beens, um, because it's an infinitely more fulfilling way to live than the alternative, which is to not really care at all. And when you don't care, and I don't want that to sound really negative. It, it can just be really hard for some people to, you know, and I can certainly say that for myself. It can be hard to put yourself out there and care, like whether it's, you know, with my business or with my friendships, um, because you just never know what the other person is going to say. You don't know if your business is going to make it or if you're going to fail and fall flat on your face. And I say fail kind of in air quotes there because I think you don't ever really fail at something. You just learn how to do something different. So same thing with your friendships. You don't really fail at them. You just learn how to do something different. So if the alternative is to not care and not ever put yourself out there, then she says, you know, it will always be more honorable to be out in the field getting trampled on than to be on the sidelines feeling superior for never having tried. And this actually kind of reminds me of one of Brene Brown's, you know, big things that she talks about is um, being in the arena um, and how. You know, a lot of people will sit on the sidelines and they'll critique what's going on with the person in the arena, but they'll never step into the arena. And the person in the arena is, you know, they're bruised and they're battle worn, but they just keep getting up and keep trying. And so it's the same thing when you talk about caring um, and it's a vulnerable place to be in because, again, you know, we don't know what other people are going through. We don't know where they're at in their lives. So we don't know how they're going to respond to all of the passion and things that we put out there. And so some people are going to respond and they're going to re be receptive and some people aren't. And that's okay because the people that are receptive are the people that need to hear what you have to say. And the people that aren't, that's just not for them. It doesn't resonate with them. And you are not going to resonate with anybody, with everybody. Just let me tell you. So um, she kind of talks about, you know, being tired of taking pride and be the one who cares less. It's not a badge of honor. I think that's a really interesting thing to actually kind of talk about real quick. It's not a badge and of honor to be detached. And we kind of think it is. Now, that's not saying that everyone needs to be an extrovert and you need to go, you know, be the life of the party. That's not what that means. You can be completely introverted and like that time by yourself, but have connection and attachment to the people around you, to the situations that you're in. So, but we do kind of wear it as a badge of honor just to kind of be detached, um, you know, to cut the cord. Um, and I think that's something that is changing. I can see that in people where we want more connection and we want that deeper, more meaningful connection with, again, whether it's in business or your friendships or, you know, your family, um, and that the detachment is part of the reason why when we don't put ourselves out there, we end up feeling more hurt if we're rejected, <laughs> especially, oh, I can tell you, especially in business. It's, it's one of those interesting things that if I'm detached from what I'm doing, um, obviously no one's going to come in and work with me, but I need to be attached and connected and passionate about what I'm doing because that building that connection is how people come into you. So building that connection with your friends is how you grow that relationship. Building that connection with your family is how you grow 
that relationship. And I know going into this holiday season, you might be like, oh, I don't really want this connection right now. Or I mean, you know, maybe that, you know, being around family is really, really difficult for you. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what we want to do is we want to, you know, show up to our commitments. We don't want to scale back or water down the passion that we have inside of us because it might be uncomfortable for people around us. Um, and I see this all the time. I see this all the time, especially in practice where, you know, the the people that are coming in, they're, they are watering themselves down. They are kind of holding back because there's so much fear about how they're going to be received if they just are who they are. And that goes back to just being the one who cares more and saying, you know, kind of to heck with it. It doesn't matter if I'm fully received and I'm fully accepted by everyone around me, as long as I'm fully receiving and accepting of who I am um, and that I put myself out there regardless of what the consequences might be. You know, don't scale it back. Arrive with enthusiasm to every waking moment of your life. Because the thing is, guys, that you don't get it, you don't get it back. You don't get this time back. So if, and I'm not saying you need to be like all weird with the glazed over eyes and like, ah, everything's great. It's not about, it's not about that. Enthusiasm, enthusiasm doesn't have to mean you're, you're in that kind of a mode. Enthusiasm can just mean that everything that you are doing, you are in connection with and you have intention around and you're walking into it with a purpose. Um, so that's can be what enthusiasm is. It doesn't mean that you have to be in party mode, which is a lot of times what we think about that word, but it really just means that we're walking into it with intention of connection and creating something and, you know, making something mean, meaningful because again you don't you don't get these moments back so if we're constantly kind of what's the best way to describe it if we're constantly just kind of flailing through life and not having some intention and not you know being kind of focused on where it is that we're going and what it is that we're wanting to do in the world then we lose that enthusiasm and we lose those moments we lose those moments you know and she kind of says you know wrapping up towards the end here what we really need in the world is more people who care you know more people who aren't afraid to sh- aren't afraid to shout what they want from the rooftops and pursue it with a sense of a, without a sense of a abandon. Oh, I love that. With just, you know, just be not, not worrying about what anyone else thinks, but to be able to shout it and pursue it and have so much passion, passion and so much gusto that you, I think the word we were talking about this weekend is gumption because <laughs> we're watching the holiday and it's a great movie, but having that gusto for life and having that enthusiasm for life. And again, that doesn't mean you're just like, woo, everything's awesome. It just means having some intention and wanting to create connection and being present every single day and being present in all of the situations that you're walking into. That's how you have enthusiasm. Again, it's not party mode. It just means that you are actually present and connected with everything goes around you and not being afraid, you know, stand up for what you believe in and not being afraid to look a little stupid and feel a little disappointed on the way to achieving what you want, um, because that's going to happen. So, but if you're constantly afraid, you never put yourself out there. You stay on the sidelines. You're, you know, in the, in the stands of the arena, instead of being on the arena floor and just saying, I'm going to throw my heart and soul into everything that I'm doing and I'm going to take that risk and I'm going to take that chance and I'm going to make hard decisions and I'm going to do difficult things because I don't want to be on the sidelines of my life. I don't want to be on the sidelines watching what could have been and what might have been and what like what she said, the should have and should have, would have, could have, you know, you don't want to do that. So take some opportunities here. And again, I'm going to go through a reflection exercise for you coming up to kind of think about who have I been this year? Have I really cared? Have I been invested? Have I been connected? Um, And if there's areas where you haven't been invested and connected, maybe that's something that you want to take a look at going into 2019. You know, we need people who care more regardless how, how it makes it look. And 
more people who might just be exactly like you. So when I come back, I'm going to be talking about superwoman syndrome and how to avoid it. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. Chuck Sports Bar and Memorabilia in Leaf City is exactly what you picture a hometown bar to be. Watch the game with friends, great food, great drinks, and a friendly staff. Chuck's is also the home of celebrity bartender nights, open mic nights with Robert Del Toro, karaoke nights, and more. Chuck's is located at 601 East Main in Old League City, Tuesday through Thursday from 4 to 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 1 a.m. Call 832-632-1325 or find them on Facebook, Chuck's Sports Bar, League City. When was the last time you went to the dentist? One year? Three years? More? Most of us get so busy that we don't go to the dentist like we should. Well, maybe it's because you're not going to the right dentist. Call Dr. Teakin and his staff at Teakin Smiles right here in Link City. 281-334-4944 or go online to TeakinSmiles.com Because seeing your dentist shouldn't be a pain. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. So I hope during the first segment, you got a good idea of how to be the one who cares more during this holiday season and maybe who cares more in their life going into next year. Um, Just being more present, more connected and putting yourself out there a bit more maybe and not worrying about the consequences. But if there's something you're really passionate about, don't be afraid to shout it from the rooftops. Don't be afraid to look a little silly, maybe a little stupid. Don't be afraid to fall on your face, but also don't be afraid to succeed. I think that would be even more important. So I want to talk about superwoman syndrome and I want to talk about this. Number one, I see this a lot in practice and I've, I've dealt with this myself, but I was having this great conversation with a friend of mine yesterday morning. We were having coffee and just kind of talking about, you know, women and kind of how we are in the world right now and how, you know, things are shifting and changing. Um, but how we are taking on way too much and we worry about too much and we try to do all the things and we don't necessarily need to. Now, doesn't that doesn't mean you need to kind of like completely scale back your life and not do the things you love. But when we get into this mode and we call I call it superwoman mode, um, it tends to be a drain on us because we don't have the powers that superwoman had. <laughs> but we like to think that we do. So we were having this great conversation yesterday morning and we were, she was talking about this, you know, wonderful woman she was on on the phone with or on a call, I think a Zoom call. So it's video. Um, they're having this conversation. And she, so this woman is, you know, strong, career oriented, you know, really just really amazing woman. And she was breaking down on the phone and just sobbing over the stress of the holidays and the stress of trying to make everything perfect and trying to take care of everything and 
make sure that all the ducks were in a row as well as do all the other things that she was doing. And so my friend was like, I just, you know, she was like, I it was so, you know, interesting to watch this woman who's so incredible break down over something that, you know, seemingly, you know, we could say it's simple. There's probably more to it than that, um, but a seemingly simple thing. And I can tell you that I've done this myself and I see this all the time in practice, how all it's like we have all of these big, huge, important things that we're doing. And then we have a kind of like all these smaller things and all these, you know, quote unquote, insignificant things underneath. And we end up breaking down over the more insignificant things because we just, it's kind of like everything piles up and piles up and piles up and there's a point where it just like oh, you just kind of implode and you can't really deal with it anymore. So I call it superwoman syndrome. So what this does to us and I'm kind of talking a bit more specifically about women is just because of the way that we're wired. We are so um we, we think about so many things and we think about things very deeply. And that's not that not that men don't. It's just a different. We just think differently. And if you're wondering how we think differently, go and watch the YouTube video, A Tale of Two Brains. It talks about the difference between a male, you know, the male brain and the female brain and how we think. And it's hilarious and absolutely fantastic. So A Tale of Two Brains, go and watch it if you're wondering what I'm talking about. So women, we do just think differently. So this is kind of what it does to us. We we keep taking on more and more things. Um, and I'd say over the, probably the past 50, 60 years, that's probably grown even more exponentially because now most of us are career women and, you know, we're career women and, you know, then their parents and spouses and what have you. And so the more that we take on, the more bogged down we get. And, but we, we, kind of our idea is if we just do even more, then it'll get better. <laughs> and I see that. Oh my gosh, I see this all the time. And I do this myself too. It's like, well, everything is kind of chaotic and I have so much going on, but if maybe if I just work a little bit harder, if I just do a little bit more, that it will get easier. And I can tell you that that is almost, I would say probably 99% of the time, that's not the case. It's not going to get easier. It's actually going to get more frustrating and it's going to get a little bit harder um, because it starts to wear on how we think. Again, this is kind of moving us into that burnout zone. So it wears on how our brains process information. So we get more tired. We get frustrated more easily. You know, we're going to snap more easily. We're going to be more annoyed at things because we just, we're not processing information very properly. We're going to be more tired. Um, we're going to, you know, feel a bit more run down. We're going to feel like we need to, you know, rest more often. And again, you know, you all know how I feel about rest. I think it's really important, but when it's coming because we're doing too much, that's a different thing. It's one thing to rest and take care of yourself, but when you're having to do it because you're doing too much, that's different. So that's creating an enormous amount of stress on the body. And y'all know how much I talk about stress here. So stress can be a really good, important thing. It can create change. It can be a catalyst for us to do something different, um, but it can also be extremely wearing and tearing on the body. It can cause us to gain weight. It can cause us to not sleep properly. It can mess with our hormones. It can cause everything to be out of balance. It can screw up our metabolism and on and on and on. So it also creates a lot of oxidative stress in the body and the oxidative stress when it's more than what we need. We need that in the body. It's part of the natural processing. But when it's more than what we need, we actually start to age faster. So our tissues age faster, our cells age faster. And then what happens is our chronological age doesn't match our biological age. So, you know, I'm 41, but if I'm in under severe stress all the time, my, you know, cellular tissue age, so that, that biological age actually might be even 10 years older. So I might be 51 instead of 41, which none of us want. I want to age as gracefully and as slowly as possible. So 
that's kind of what's going on in the body and in the brain, you know, when we're in the superwoman mode all the time. And so I also think that this is, um, I was having this conversation with a friend last night and I, it's also a bit of a disservice in our relationships because we end up taking on greater amount of the role. Um, you know, so whether it, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you're in, but we end up taking on more of the role and taking things away from the other person. And so it can be a bit disempowering, I think, for um, the other person in the relationship because we're doing so much that we're not allowing them the opportunity to step up and grow and, you know, progress and further themselves. So it's not, I don't want to kind of like bash on feminism because that's certainly not the point there. It's brought us super amazing things. But when it comes to feminine and masculine energy, we've kind of decided that the feminine energy is weak and the masculine energy is strong. So we get into, in superwoman mode, we're in kind of that masculine go-getter energy all the time. And we certainly need to have that, but there needs to be more of a balance. So, you know, that feminine energy is not weak. It's actually incredibly powerful. That's where creation happens. That's where, you know, um, receptivity is and where, you know, nurturing happens and where, you know, almost things, things are being birthed, um, to cut it a bit more literal. So it's an incredibly power, powerful energy. We've just kind of decided that the masculine is more important and more powerful, and that's not the case. So when women are living in their masculine, they're in superwoman mode. So you're go, 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 get everything done, keep your ducks in a row. And that's why we tend to kind of fall apart over some of the more insignificant things. Um, but when we can bring up that feminine energy, that birthing energy, that creation, creative energy, nurturing energy. Um, you can go out of superwoman mode. You can still continue doing all the things that you love, but you're not like bulldozing through it. And so one of the things I see in practice is women are bulldozing through things and that's how they end up cratering. That's how they end up, you know, collapsing or going into that total burnout mode because they're in that bulldoze mode and constant, you know, constantly bringing up that intense energy. And again, it's not that you don't need that from time to time, but being in that feminine energy for the most part is actually going to be so much more powerful and so much more calming on your body than being in that masculine all the time. Again, you need to pull it up when you need it, especially if you're a business owner, you're going to have to pull that up when you need it to get things done. But you want to create that balance of being in that creative energy and that birthing energy and that receptivity and in that, um, that nurturing energy. It's just going to be far more powerful for you, um, to do as opposed to again, bulldozing through everything. So if you're feeling like you're in that mode, this is a great time for reflection, which we're going to talk about now. So if you're in that mode, it's a great time to kind of think about why you're there. What are all the things that you're doing? Do you need to be doing all of those things? And are there things that you can pass off? Are there things you need to stop doing or the things maybe you need to do differently? So if you're in superwoman mode, those are the things that I would ask yourself. You know, what are you doing right now? You know, if you need to make a list, make a list. Are Is there anything that you can remove so you can delegate that out? Um, is there anything that you can just um, change? So maybe change or tweak a little bit how you're doing. Um, and those questions will help you start identifying areas that are keeping you in superwoman mode and keeping you out of that powerful feminine energy. So that's kind of what I would like you to reflect on today as far as that goes. Um, there's this great quote by Margaret Wheatley, and she says, Without reflection, we go blindly on our way, creating more unintended consequences and failing to achieve anything useful. So when I tend to talk about that bulldozing through, a lot of times we're not, cre we're not as um, 
because we're not in that feminine energy again we're not creating as useful things we could be doing as if we were in that other energy so but we have to reflect on what's going on in order to figure that out if you try to figure it out in the state of mind you're in you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it because you can't see something in the energy that you're in you have to kind of allow that energy to calm down so that you can see something else so we want to be reflective. And when you are reflective, especially going into the end of the year, that helps you create your next year as opposed to just saying, okay, well, this is the resolution that I'm going to do for next year. And I'm not a huge resolution person. I'll talk about that in a minute. But instead of just going right into next year and say, okay, these are my goals for next year, reflect on the year that's already passed and, you know, make that your starting point. I think it's such a better starting point than to just go into next year and start making a list of goals. What was this, what did this year look like for you? How did it turn out? How were you, were you present? Were you connected? Um, you know, and if it's on the business side, how did your business go? You know, is your business growing? Is it kind of, you know, pulling back a little bit and where do you maybe need to make some adjustments there? Or do you need to scrap the whole thing and start over. I feel like I'm scrapping the whole thing and start it over. So here's some really great questions that I got from Marie Forleo this week in an email. And I absolutely love her. If you're not familiar with her, just go YouTube Marie TV. She has lots of great things to say and lots of great people that she interviews. So she put out three questions for reflection. And I want to go over those three questions with you and then talk about what it takes to, you know, make changes coming up. So here's the first question. One thing you did this year what is one thing you did this year that you're proud of? And I love the fact that she starts with this question first instead of saying, what do you need to change? You know, what is one thing that you were really proud of this year? So kind of looking back over the year and say, you know, and, you know, and it could be something really simple like, hey, I consistently went to the gym all year this year. That's fantastic. And you're really proud of that. And it's okay to be proud of that accomplishment. You know, we, we sometimes tend to be a bit too humble about the things that we've accomplished. And so I'm going to challenge that a bit and say, find something to be proud of. And this isn't being like grossly prideful, you know, and arrogant. This is just really being proud of yourself for maybe keeping a commitment to yourself. We've talked about that before, about how difficult it is for us to keep commitments to ourselves as opposed to other people. We will commit to someone and, you know, come hell or high water, we're going to make sure that we stand by that. But when it comes to committing to ourselves, we are not as good at that. So what is one thing you did that you're proud of this year? So I was kind of sitting and doing, I'm going to be doing most of my reflections next week because I'm not working. I'm not, or I should say, I'm not seeing clients. I am working, but I'm not seeing clients next week. So a lot of my reflection time is going to be next week. So I was thinking back through, you know, one thing I did that I was proud of this year. And so I've been on the radio now for a year and, you know, consistently been able to come on and, you know, talk about things and bring on great guests. But one thing I'm proud of this year is kind of switching around how I talk to you. And so instead of it coming from a very clinical, very nutrition standpoint, you know, started being able to open up and tell you who I was and tell you what I was going through and, you know, putting all of that out there. And I've received tremendously wonderful feedback from that of people saying, you know, I needed to hear that or that was so helpful for me or that, you know, really got me through a tough moment in my life. And it's a very difficult thing for me because I'm not usually that I haven't always been that open with people that I don't know, but I'm very proud of the fact that I have been more vulnerable with you and with other people in my life, because that is definitely a different thing for me and is definitely a difficult thing. So that's something I'm very proud of. So think back through the year. What's one thing, at least one thing that you are very proud of? And that, again, it could be as simple as just I went to the gym 
you know, like the whole year. So it can be that awesome. Or I didn't eat any donuts this year. I mean, really, it can be super simple. It doesn't need to be incredibly profound, but I would challenge you a bit to go a bit deeper and see if there's some things that, um, you don't think about on a daily basis that might actually come to mind that you can be proud of for yourself. So question number two, one mistake you made and the lesson you've learned. So this is another, this is another great question. I lo- again, I love how she talks about something really positive um, and something you're proud of, but then going into, you know, what's a mistake that you've made? What's something, you know, cause we all make them. And if you're, if you feel like you don't make mistakes, I would definitely challenge you to think about that a little bit, you know, a little bit deeper. Um, and again, it doesn't mean it needs to be something really major. Um, but what's, you know, a mistake, I mean, it could be that you, you know, didn't get the oil changed in your car until, you know, really, really late and almost burnt the engine up, which I kind of did this year. So <laughs> I got in and there was like very little oil left and I don't ever do that. And I was like, I will never do this again because I really need my car. So that could be a mistake that you made and a lesson you learned from it. Or it could be that, you know, you you know, said some things about a friend that you feel really bad about. And, and, you know, how did you learn from that? You know, I had an instance where I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't honest with a friend, but I just wasn't completely um, forthcoming about something. And I was like, man, I feel kind of bad. I, I actually, Actually, normally I wouldn't do this. I would just kind of avoid it. But I was like, no, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with my friend and say, hey, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, totally open with you about this. And it was so great to have that conversation because it, you know, obviously completely changed the course of even our friendship because we are allowing ourselves to say, hey, I screwed up here and it's okay that I screwed up. So it was a good conversation. So that's a mistake. Those are a couple of mistakes. So a weird one, you know, the con, you know, not just not being forthcoming with a friend. And, you know, deciding that, no, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And so I learned that obviously, if you're just completely honest, even if it's uncomfortable, you know, it can change your friendship and improve your friendship. Okay. So question number three, one limiting story you're ready to let go of before 2019. So this could be also, you know, pretty much anything. So it's a limiting belief, something you're telling yourself that maybe, you know, you're not great at or, you know, something along those lines. Um, So a limiting story, it could be, you know, from financial, it could be from you know, maybe you have a hard time with money. It could be feeling not worthy. Um, I can, I definitely say for me, like the, the money thing definitely is one of the limiting beliefs that I have for whatever reason. Um, and I'm something I'm uh, in the process of reflecting on and, and thinking, okay, well, why, you know, I guess, you know, all of us probably growing up had those instances of, you know, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. And so it kind of gets stuck in your brain. And so we had then have a limiting belief around money. We have a limiting belief around how much money we can make, that making money is okay, and that money is not the devil, and that it, you know, actually can be very helpful in moving you forward and, you know, moving a business forward or moving your life forward or allowing you to travel or do something that you love. And so I get that a lot, even in practice, the limiting beliefs of money. The other one I get in practice a lot is a feeling, especially from women, is the limiting belief that um, they're not worthy. They're not worthy of love. They're not worthy of a new job. They're not worthy um, of being a mom. Um, They're not worthy of, you know, Oh, it's something else. What not worthy of just having a great life. So I know that sounds really huge, but that actually does come up. They're just, they're not worthy. So this is a big one. So If this is a limiting belief for you, just a little practice you can throw into place is, you know, saying that I am enough, putting a sign up on your mirror that says I am enough and reading it to yourself every day. If you can do it out loud and look in your eyes, that's best, but that doesn't always happen. So 
that's a great little exercise to do. But so what is one of the limiting beliefs that you have that you want to let go of before 2019? You don't have to wait until 2019 to make changes. What's something you want to let go of before? So the three questions for reflection that you can do over this next week, week and a half is one thing you did this year that you're proud of, one mistake you made and the lesson you learned, and one limiting story that you're ready to let go of before 2019. So those are the questions for your reflection time. So I wrote this post, um, I guess a couple of weeks ago, or actually I think maybe in the last week, and it was called Move Now. And so kind of what I'm talking about in there is, you know, this is the time of year to start reflecting and, you know, that I'm not really a resolution girl, but I would prefer to have real change and I want meaningful change. And what was coming up to me as I was writing this, and I had some great feedback from this as well, is, you know, that if there's something, there, there might be something uh, right now for you that's nagging at you, something that's not letting up, something that isn't letting go. Um, and it could be, it's probably this feeling that's kind of deep in your chest. You may not even completely understand what it is yet, but it could be this feeling in your chest, you know, that knowing in your gut, you know, that small kind of push at the small of your back, like, hey, something's going on here. You know, it's the feeling that maybe you're just, you're just kind of hanging on and if you don't shift you might actually go under you know in each moment that you don't pay attention to this thing you kind of feel a bit less like yourself so my 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 back to you is move now you know it's in these moments that it's this is kind of the whisper of your soul and it starts to become a roar <laughs> it gets really loud and that gentle hand at your back actually starts to get really firm and forceful and it's like starting to push you because it knows it knows that if you don't start moving that you're going to be stuck in quicksand so you want to move now you know and we can fear it so much that we prefer death to change and that is an actual fact um, you know but if you feel that intensity and urgency you know and that call to change you need to take that first step out onto solid ground. You may have to pull yourself out. You may have to ask for help. You may need one hand and you may need a whole bunch of hands. But you know, if you're feeling that urgency as we go into the end of the year that something needs to change and shift, make that part of your reflection too, because you might need to move now. You might not, you know, don't don't wait. If you feel like that's something that's coming up for you, start writing it down, journal about it, whatever it is that you do. But don't wait. Don't wait for the next moment to happen. Don't wait for 2019. Go ahead and move now. So coming up, the simple ways you can bring joy into your holiday. For more info on today's show, go to FinalDraftRadio.com. Click links and guests. Final Draft Radio. When you're looking for a new home, John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interests as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john at jwgetsitsold.com to start looking for your new home. Lamont Brands is a veteran-owned business serving the Houston Clear Lake area and beyond. Their in-house capabilities include screen printing, embroidery, rhinestones, heat press transfers and thermal flex design, as well as e-commerce solutions and on-site fulfillment. If you're looking to brand your business through custom apparel and or promotional products, Lamont Brands should be your first and only call. Lamont Brands is located at 920 Gemini in Houston. Give them a call at 281-286-7553 or visit them online at lamontbrands.com. 
Hey family, it's Kyle Jones with iCryoCryotherapy. If you're looking to lose some weight, maintain a healthy lifestyle, or really just get back into that pepped up attitude you had when you were a teenager, stop by for a whole body cryotherapy session a day. If you're looking for that daily mood enhancement, maybe that natural energy rush, or you're looking to recover from a vigorous workout, whole body cryotherapy is a revolutionary treatment that is changing the lives of many for the better. Elevating your lifestyle is our number one priority. Plug into our website and find a location nearest you at iCryo.com. Lori Coppett. A name you can trust. Lori Coppett. A branch manager with Prime Lending serving the Clear Lake area for over 28 years. Lori. Why are you saying it like that? Coppett. Helping hundreds of satisfied clients with their home loan needs. Lori. Seriously. Coppett. If you're purchasing, refinancing, or renovating your home, visit LCOPPOCK.com to get the professional service you need. MLS number 176-539, equal housing lender. Lori Coppett. No, for God's sake. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. Hope you all are having a fabulous Friday on this week before Christmas. I do actually kind of wish it was snowing today. Last year, I don't think it was this week, but I think it was maybe the week prior. It was in December sometime because it was on a day I had my show and I was watching back to one and we were actually discussing how it had snowed overnight. So last year we had snow. I'm really kind of wishing that we did have snow snow this year just because it does make it feel a bit more like the holiday season, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just going to move on and put that out of my mind. So, so in our last segment, I was kind of talking about, you know, this time of reflection and how reflection can be a catalyst, the, an even greater catalyst for change than setting goals. Um, because when we reflect on things, we see things, again, that we're proud of, things that we're doing really well, things that we maybe need to need to make some adjustments to, mistakes we've made, and also limiting beliefs that we've had. So before I go into the ways you bring joy into the holidays, I want to talk about this a bit more because this is another way to bring joy. So... If you want a different result next year, you're going to have to do something different. And so change requires us not only to move, uh, but to change how we think, to change what we pay attention to, um, and, to, and which in turn actually changes our complete physiology. So down to the cellular level, this actually happens when we start to make changes. So you can't go into, you can't create a new future um, from the way that you've been in your past. And so if you're not familiar with um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I highly recommend a book for you going into the first of the year. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, so if you're saying, you know what, you know what, I there there is something nagging at me. There is something that needs to change. There is an, in some area I need to move and you're not really sure what that is. I highly recommend going and getting that book and reading it because it is fantastic. It talks about it talks a lot about how difficult change can be and why it's so hard for people to make changes. So when we've been doing certain patterns, certain habits, thinking certain thoughts for many, many years, some of them that have been probably ingrained in you since you were a little kid, um, when you're thinking those for so many years, your body has you know chemical cascades that happen as those things come up. You know, you can stress yourself out just by a thought. You don't actually have to be running from a tiger. So. We're creating this chemical cascade in the body. And as that chemical cascade happens over and over and over again, the body actually builds receptors for that cascade. So when you start to make changes, the body kind of wigs out a bit because it's used to a certain thing. It's used to you being a certain way. It's used to you thinking certain thoughts. 
it's used to you, you know, being a certain way in the world. And so when you decide you're not going to do that anymore, anymore, it does rebel a little bit. It doesn't, it's not very happy. And it's like, oh, so it, what it kind of tells you is, oh, we can do that tomorrow. Or let's just start that next week. Or we can do that another day because it says, no, I want to continue the same thing. I like those chemicals. I'm addicted to those chemicals. And yes, they definitely are especially chemicals of stress. It's like, I'm addicted to those chemicals. I like the way this feels. I don't want to change. So, hey, just just do it tomorrow. It'll whisper to you. Do it tomorrow. Start next week. Oh, just start in 2019. You don't need to start doing anything now. And so I would definitely challenge you to not do that. But when you start making changes, your physiology also has to change. So it's not just a matter of, you know, thinking you're going to make a change one day and you do that. Some things are like that. Some things you can make a pretty quick radical change and it's not a big deal. But for other greater things, you know, if you're wanting to um, improve your emotional life or your spiritual life, or again, you, something else like just wanting to create a new business, you know, you're going to have to be a different person in order to do that. So one of the questions I, I love to think about is if I have this goal out here, this thing that I want to do, and again, it could just be something personal or business related, but who do I need to become in order to achieve that? Because I know that I'm not going to be able to achieve those big lofty goals being the same person I am right now. And so then you start going back through and looking at those limiting beliefs and looking at, oh, how have I been thinking? How have I been in the world? Um, and where do I need to change? And what do I need to upgrade and up level and all of those you know great terms and those great words in order to accomplish that and move into that new phase? And so that's not only going to mean that I have to change how I think, but it's also going to change the chemical cascade in my body and it's going to change my physiology. So change is a process and it's okay for it to be a process and not happen overnight. So as you do your reflections, I just want to encourage you to not stop. So if you're getting, you know, you need to make some changes and you're getting those thoughts in your head, oh, we'll just do it tomorrow. Just wait till 2019. Just, you know, wait until maybe the end of the first quarter. I would challenge you, if especially if there's something that's really important to you, to go ahead and take action on it and not wait and go ahead and start making those changes, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, definitely get the book, changing, you know, breaking the habit of being yourself because it'll explain to you what's going on in the body and why it's difficult. So it helps you kind of navigate through that process and not give up and not stop. Um, Because of course, if you, you know, you stop and you don't do anything different, you're never going to get anything different. So there's ways that you can create some joy as you go into this holiday season. So I want to give you some tips of how to do that. So, and I think the the article I read was, you know, how to kind of just like how to make the holiday better, but I kind of like the idea of how to create joy. So we're going to talk about it from the perspective of creating joy this holiday week and these last few days before we get into Christmas. So number one is handwriting a letter. I love this idea. I actually thought about making some homemade cards, but then I just didn't because I was being lazy. So (laughs) handwriting a letter can be a great way to bring someone joy. Isn't there something amazing about getting a letter in the mail. And I mean, I get, I, I've gotten some, you know, Christmas cards and things like that, but when people like handwrite on it or handwrite me a letter, there's something about that that just feels really good. Like they took the time to sit down and create something specifically for me. And it just makes you feel like really special and really important. So I highly recommend handwriting a letter, making a Christmas card for someone, or maybe that's going to be your Christmas present to someone, handwrite, handwrite them a letter. I think that's a fabulous idea. Um, number two, 
FaceTime or Skype with an old friend. Um, I also love the fact that we have this technology that allows us to not just get on the phone with someone, but to actually be able to look in their eyes, even if they're halfway across the world. I think it's the coolest thing. I think I remember being a kid and thinking that that would be so amazing to be able to like video chat with someone and, and now it's real. So, you know, FaceTime or Skype with an old friend. It doesn't need to be a long time. You don't need to spend hours on the phone, but to get on the phone, get face to face with someone. And again, that connection, creating that connection and being present with somebody. I just love that idea. Buy coffee for a stranger. So the next time you're in a drive through local coffee shop, you know, pay for yourself and the person behind you. I, you know, I know sometimes we get people get all crazy about that, but there's something about doing that that just kind of feels really good. You get up to the window and you know, or to wherever, and you, you know, you order and they're like, oh yeah, the person in front of you paid. Merry Christmas. I don't know. It just feels good. Um, another thing that I really like is to um, to tip your server more right now it's there's so as someone who waited tables before and I've had this actually argument with people about tipping servers and how much you should tip and it's different for everyone so I'm not getting into that argument but tip your server a little bit more right now and if you would normally leave five dollars give them ten if you normally leave ten give them twenty you know just brighten someone's day make someone smile because that's really what it's all about by just giving them a little bit of extra something special you know, just so, and it, it doesn't need to be a lot of money. Again, if you tip $3, usually give five. I mean, you know, just make it simple, but there's something about that that just, you know, makes makes people feel good. And having been a server, when I got a tip like that, it happened, you know, very pretty rarely, but it had happened a few times. I don't know, it just, it feels really good. So smile and joke with your next cashier, y'all. Cashiers are stressed out this time of year. They're dealing with a lot of people. They're dealing maybe with some upset people because it is the holidays and people are trying to find all of their stuff and you know get all the things that they need. If they're out of something or something doesn't work or something's not on sale, people can get frustrated really easily. And that's not a knock on people who get frustrated and maybe take it out on the cashier. You don't know what they're going through and what they're walking in right now. They could have just had an argument with, you know, a family member and that just kind of set them off. So, but smile and joke with your cashier because they're, they're stressed out. They're dealing with customer frustrations and all the people that are coming in, especially going into this weekend. So engage with your cashier when you're checking out. I know this sounds like a kind of a weird, like simple, strange little thing, but a lot of times we are, when we're kind of going through the motions and someone is serving us, we don't pay attention to them. We just, you know, maybe your, your people are on their phone or they just, it's almost like we're not acknowledging this person who is providing a service for you. So take a few moments the next time you check out today, whether that's, you know, grabbing coffee or if you're at the store, you know, um, buying your last minute gifts this weekend. Thankfully, I'm not going to be doing that. But when you do that, Take a moment, engage with them, say hi to them, look in their eyes, ask them how their day is going, you know, tell them Merry Christmas, thank them for serving you today because they are serving you and there's a lot of integrity in that and it should be very much appreciated. We need people to do those jobs. So that's not something to look down on. So take a few moments and just acknowledge the people that you're coming into contact with because it can, it can change their whole day by you just smiling at them and being nice. Believe me, it can change their whole day. So here's another good one. Buy movie tickets for a family in your neighborhood. So if you know somebody, or it doesn't have to be in your neighborhood, but if you know a family who's you know, maybe you know, kind of fallen on hard times and they don't have a lot of money to do nice things for their family, buy them movie tickets. Let them take the kids out to a fun movie. Mary Poppins is in the theater now. I want to see Mary Poppins. So you know, give them the movie tickets and let them, let them go to Mary Poppins or whatever other movie. I don't really actually know what else is playing. So, but you know, that little, that little gesture and that, 
you know, op- giving someone the opportunity to spend time together can be just, again, it can be a life changer. It can be just huge. And just, you know, maybe if it's a frustrating time of the year for the parents, knowing that they can't provide what they want to provide for their kids, you know, that can, that can just change things around and make them feel like they were able to do something nice. So again, we're talking about being nice here. So this is an interesting one. Ask your religious friends about the story behind the season because it's going to be different. And uh, I, I like this one because it kind of challenges us to think outside the box a little bit and to maybe listen to and appreciate someone else's point of view, which we are kind of not been doing that lately. So listening to someone else's point of view, it doesn't mean that you need to convert to something, but listen to their story and why the season means so much to them. And you know, what traditions that they love, what traditions that they embrace and that they do every year, that's part of their culture. So talk to someone who maybe celebrates things a little bit differently than you and see if you can find some appreciation in that. I think that one's really cool. Invite someone over for dinner. This is a great one. So you know, a lot of people can be alone during the holidays. So if you know someone that is going to be alone for, you know, the season, open your house up, you know, invite them over. If you know, you have, you know, people who'd maybe just moved to the area and they don't really know a lot of people, invite them over. And I know that may seem like kind of like a, you know, disruption in your holiday tradition, but maybe you need to build a new holiday tradition. Maybe your new holiday tradition would be that you invite somebody new over every year to spend Christmas Eve or maybe Christmas, even heck, even Christmas day, depending on what it is, invite someone over, you know, invite someone new into your house, you know, someone who may not have the family that you have around and, you know, kind of take care of them and welcome them in. Cause I can tell you, it's a great feeling to have someone kind of embrace you and bring you into their family over a holiday season. Now, again, you might, you might end up creating a new, a new holiday tradition. And I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, the friends, just like friends, Thanksgiving, friends giving, it's like, you know, now it's friends Christmas. So Another one, send a gift of food or coffee. In my case, it could always be coffee. So (laughs) there are all kinds of, you know, gift ideas. You can send things all over the world now. It's super simple. So there's something about getting, I mean, for me, getting like a really great quality bag of coffee would completely make my day. I would be completely thrilled with that. (laughs) That would be a fun one. So instead of, you know, just like the standard, you know, the I don't know what I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like the, the end cap or the kiosk gifts that nobody really wants to get, but you're running out of ideas for that last minute. Well, even if they don't get it at Christmas, you know, get them a membership to something, get them a member or, you know, buy them some great coffee online and give them the card saying, Hey, this is coming. This is coming your way. Even if it's not, you know, to them yet, because things like that are a bit more meaningful than those, you know, t- again, those terrible end cap gifts that nobody wants to get. So send a gift of food or coffee. Um, this one doesn't really apply to us here in Houston, but shovel your neighbor's driveway. I can tell you that that <laughs> would have been a fantastic thing, especially as kids were younger, having to get out and shovel the driveway and it was cold and terrible. But, uh, you know, doing something like that, if you woke up, I know y'all don't understand this, but if you woke up in the morning and went outside and there had been snow everywhere and your whole driveway was shoveled, believe me, you would be completely ecstatic and thrilled about that. Um, So next one, bring in warm breakfast for your office or wherever it is that you're working. And I like that idea. You know, they're kind of saying, you know, donuts are great. But, you know, in our case, maybe breakfast tacos, breakfast tacos would be fantastic or, you know, whatever it is. If if you if you have plenty of time, maybe you can make something and take something in. But bring in warm breakfast for your office. And last but not least, go ahead and sing along. Great Christmas music this time of year. It's playing everywhere you go. You know, smile, sing, hum, whatever it is that you want to do to bring in a little bit of holiday season. There is something about if you're in 
you know, out in out and about in the public and you're you and there's Christmas music on and someone's kind of singing a little bit or they're humming. It just kind of makes you well, it makes me smile. Maybe it makes you annoyed. I don't know. It makes me smile though because I when you can sing or hum or something like that, I know that person's happy. You know, and so it and they just can't help but have it come out. So that's a great way to just kind of bring some extra joy to the season. So I'm going to sign off now. I hope you all have an incredible Merry Christmas. I hope this is going to bring you some joy. You know, go out and do some of these things this week and bring some joy to some other people because I guarantee if you bring some joy to somebody else in your world, whether it's a complete stranger, family member, friend, whatever it is that it may be, you know, bring them some joy and that joy is going to come right back to you. So Merry Christmas and I will see you all next week. Amy Robison is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a final draft radio production.